0: WDRS Talk is made possible by the Anchor app. If you've never heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's absolutely free and allows you to make your own podcast on your phone or on your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can make money from your podcast as well without a minimum membership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. So, go and download your Anchor app for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. You're listening to the Wolf's Den Radio Show Talk. Hey, sisters and brothers, welcome to another episode of WDRS Talk, the Wolf's Den Radio Show Talk. This is your host, your brother from another mother, spreading cosmic love wherever I go, Wolf Hemora, in your ears, in your minds, and in your souls. All right. How's everybody doing out there? I hope everybody's doing great. Um, Even though uh, the world is in quite a mess right now, I hope your uh, personal lives, um, your individual adventures in life are doing good, and I hope everyone is well. I want to thank you very much uh, for joining me once again for another episode. This is episode 36. And I really appreciate all your support. Please spread the word to your friends and families who are interested in these kinds of stories. And uh, yeah, let's bring everybody together. All right, before we move on to the to interview, uh, I just want to go through some business first. Uh, please do subscribe to whatever channel you are listening to this podcast on. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel and also like, give the episode a like. And if you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, go ahead and like those pages as well. And that helps a lot with uh, the algorithms on the internet. And if you want to actually make a monetary uh, donation to the show, you can do that as well. You can just go to the Anchor app, Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. It's an app. You download the app and you go to the WDRS talk page, profile page, and there is a donate button there or either donate or support. Just click on that uh, button and uh, you can actually support the show financially and any amount is welcome. Any amount is appreciated. You can give one dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, fifty dollars, hundred dollars, whatever it is that you can spare to support the show. Then it is much appreciated. And uh, I've actually, you can actually also be a monthly donor. I got a couple of monthly donors who. Uh, who are, who are uh, very gracious enough to give a monthly donation to the show. I thank you very much, and I really appreciate it. So you can do that as well to show your support. And uh, what else? Let's see. Yeah, the world is not quite right at the moment. There is a war going on between Russia and Ukraine, and it's very unfortunate for the Ukrainian people because... Uh, we all know who the aggressor here is and uh, they they are actually fighting back and uh, I really wish them all the all the luck and, and all the strength and perseverance that I can give them uh, and uh, a lot of people a lot of civilians have died already so let's just say a prayer for those people <clears throat> and uh, let's let's say a prayer so that this war will end soon you know and uh and uh the aggressor put in his place i mean it's 2022 oh why are we still starting wars i mean this is i mean it's crazy it's insane and it's it's uncalled for we have to we have to become we really have to become civilized human beings already. This is just too much. But anyway, um, please pray also for the people of Myanmar. They are going through a lot of violence there, a lot of oppression and suppression and, uh, and violence against uh, civilians. And uh, please pray for all the other places like Palestine and Yemen where people are being uh, uh, oppressed and their human rights are not uh, respected. So please say a prayer for all those people. Anyway, uh, aside from that, here in California, it is uh, the spring season is starting. All the flowers are starting to bloom again. Uh, it's, still a, it's still chilly, um, but not as chilly as winters. And it's going to get warmer in the com- coming weeks, coming months. And wherever you are, stay cool if it's hot, stay warm if it's cold. And uh, all right, so here we go. Episode 36. And my uh, guest for this episode is Vernon Goh. And uh, for those of you who are not familiar with his name, he is the uh, person who started Pulp Magazine in the Philippines. And also he started uh, Pulp SummerSlam in 2001. By accident, actually, and uh, as we all know, Pulp Summer Slam has evolved into this massive annual summer rock festival in the Philippines, and is uh, very much world renowned and world respected because of all the foreign acts that uh, Vernon has uh, Vernon has managed to to bring to the Philippines. He actually almost brought uh, Iron Maiden. To the Philippines, if not for this pandemic, and uh, we talk about that as well. And hopefully, he'll bring Iron Maiden back soon. Well, not back, but bring them, <laughs> bring them in the first place, so that they can do a really wild show in Manila. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, we just talk about how Pulp Magazine started, how he accidentally uh, inherited Pulp SummerSlam and we talk about music and travel and his guitars and, and a lot of stuff. So it's going to be a good one. I hope you enjoy it. So here we go. Episode 36 on WDRS Talk. This is myself and Vernon Gore. Enjoy. Hello, Vernon Gaw is uh, our guest on this episode of WDRS Talk. Thank you very much, Vernon, for uh, joining me, man. How are you doing?
1: Uh, I guess it's as good as it gets right now, yeah. Yeah. But um, it's it's it it it's nice to hear from you. It's it's good to see you. Um, I I don't have the video on because well, you know it's, I I I've essentially just wearing pajamas.
0: <laughs> it's all right, man. I'm wearing pajamas too, bro. And <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, so uh. How's it been, man? I mean, how's, I mean, your... how's your? Oh wait, okay oh, yeah, there. How's your? Uh... Gosh, how's your pandemic going? It's <laughs> the first question I'd like to ask. Were you in Manila well, the whole time?
1: No, we we, we took some chances and we, we 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 did a few trips. We we took the kids up to. Uh, we were able to take the. We I have two small children and. You know, it's, it's just sad seeing them grow up, you know, at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took a, f- a few risks. and uh, we, we, we took them to Boracay. We took them up to Itogon, which is a little beyond Baguio proper. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we took them to this, this kind of camping site uh, in Cavite. And we, we took them to this, this uh, kind of vacation farm. So we've had a few outdoor experiences, um, but yeah, by and large, it's been you know we're in this like time warp slowdown. I guess that everybody is in, or well, I think it's different in the United States. It seems it seems like everybody's up and about there, but uh, now, here we've, yeah, been, we've been pretty yeah. we've been pretty isolated.
0: Yeah, I see it. I see it every day on Facebook. What, what what's going on there and. Here, it's, yeah, things are opening up, uh, things are opened up because, uh, you know, Americans don't like being, you know, caged and all of that. <laughs> they have this thing, yeah. quote unquote, freedom. So it's a big deal here. Um, but at the same time, uh, a lot of people got, has have gotten inoculated. So, you know, most people, well, here in California, most people have been, you know, jabbed and all of that. So, we do have the, you know, like I've been to a couple of concerts. I watched Primus like maybe a month ago, and wow. we had, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a, a tribute to Rush. They played, uh, they, they, uh, what did they play? I think they played the whole twenty one twelve. Yeah, what, and uh, was
1: it was it like full capacity or was it distance or? Oh yeah, it was, off-
0: yeah, it was full, but they uh, they checked for uh, vaccination cards. So, um, assuming that everyone was honest, that went to the show and showed yeah. the card, everyone was uh, um, everyone in the venue was uh, vaccinated. So, so you know, it was pretty chill. A lot of people are very cooperative uh, about it. You know, you have pockets here and there, people who are like you know very adamant about their freedom and all of that. But you know, you just have to take it with everyone else. You know. <laughs> But it's good that you what? took your children out to uh, to travel. I mean, uh, and I noticed yeah. it about you. You like you li- you like to travel, huh? You you. I remember you posted a lot. Uh, uh, you went to Tibet, I think that that was the. Oh, last that's time. when I
1: was yeah, when I was uh, much younger. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. This year I'm turning fifty, but I mean, I was doing that. I mean, in my early thirties, and that was awesome. It was actually Nepal a couple of times, uh, mm-hmm. Mongolia. Um, in And this is like in the winter time. We I went to Mongolia in, uh, in January when when uh, the weather is like negative forty wind chill factor.
0: Oh my! Does it snow there?
1: Oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Oh
0: shit! <laughs> so what's the what's the we you, you and I are the same age by the way. We're, I'm fi- I'm fifty two. I'm turning oh, fifty one. I'm fi- I'm turning fifty one in May, so I'm a year old. Oh, I'm but...
1: turning fifty in May, so we're both. I guess we're both May babies. Oh right
0: on. What's your What's your birthday? May what? May ten. Yours? May ten. I'm May sixteen. So we're both Taurus. Oh wow. (laughs) We're the same kind of people, man. (laughs) Are you stubborn, dude?
1: Well, um, (laughs) mellowing out in my my you know middle age, but I've been told that much.
0: Yeah, same here, man. But uh, I mean, we're pretty mellow. You know, I mean, that's what. uh, you know, people born in, in our, in our month or whatever, you know, pretty chill. So
1: what, I just wanted to ask you, you know, I was speaking hmm. to um, somebody from Singapore who, who is quite knowledgeable about, um, you know, the, the, the business environment in general. And she said, well, in Singapore, because they're a small city state, their vaccination rate is like very, very high. Like it's almost everybody is vaccinated yeah. 9 plus percent. But she said, in the states overall the vaccination r- rate is quite low
0: it's actually it's actually 50% so half of the country is and half uh, of the country why, isn't
1: i guess that's why this singaporean says it's quite low because in a first world country 50% is low yeah especially well, since it's, it's free yeah, there it's, right
0: oh it's very free yeah but but like you like i said you know there are, there americans are not used to when I say Americans, I mean people who are born here, raised here, they're not used right. to anywhere else, you know, not like I am or other immigrants who are who come from third world countries, you know, we're always yeah uh, exposed to emergencies and you know and, and stuff like this, so that we're we're you know, we're exposed to coup d'etats and all of that. Yeah. And revolution. So we it's like to us the the vaccination is like, okay, that's what we need to do, then you know, but but a lot of americans are not used to that they're not used to crisis inside america so yeah. they when when you give them all these rules they're not used to to having all these rules you know well, um,
1: y- y- you, know, you so. have to imagine like in 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 america in the united states of america they haven't had like mass violent conflict since the civil war i believe
0: no not at all i mean everything everything that i mean the only really big uh, you know, uh, event inside the states would be nine eleven. You know,
1: yes, um, that, and which, which, just, which is tragic as it is. It's still an isolated, you know, violent event.
0: Right, right, and 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 you know, when people talk about it here, like especially comedians, you know, I watch stand up comedy on TV, and then some of them they touch on nine eleven. And uh, or in the news, you know, and they say, okay, yeah, it united everybody for a while, but then after a couple of months, everyone is back to their own, back to their old racist ways or whatever, you know, bigoted ways with each other, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's, uh, this is my 20th year living here, and it's, uh, wow, has it
1: been that long? It's been that, it's
0: been that long, dude. Yeah, I came here in 2002. Yeah, so this year is my, my 20th year. And wow, getting, yeah, and getting to know the culture. Yeah, there is that side of America that is just very hard headed and always pushing quote unquote freedom, right? Where, and then sometimes, sometimes you just scratch your head because sometimes it doesn't add up, you know. They say freedom, 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 and then you're like, well, yeah, you have freedom, but this is an, um, this is a, this is a pandemic, this is an emergency where. We all need to band together or else we're never going to see the end of it. And, of course, now what's happening is this Omicron thing is is kicking everybody's ass who hasn't been vaccinated and who have been vaccinated. And, yeah. uh, but the ones who are getting the raw deal are the ones who are unvaxxed. So, you know, yeah, I feel, I, that, I I feel for them, that but, I, but at the end of the day, it's it's still their choice, you know, so. You
1: know, I mean. I, if the if the science if the the science news is true that the unvaccinated are at greater risk and the the unvaccinated are where variants do somehow develop, then mm-hmm. yeah, it's a problem for everybody, yeah. and it's it, it, it's sad. I mean, I I know somebody who lives there that who lost a family member, and I believe that he he is not vaccinated for some reason. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean,
0: m- maybe during the, the 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 beginning, the start of this whole thing, everyone was still they didn't know what was going on, they didn't understand what was going on. Of course, people from the third world countries are like, we know what's going on. Give me that uh-huh. we need that vaccine we need that vaccine as soon as possible, man. Get it in me right away. But yeah. you know, but but it's it's very complicated. This this country is very complicated, but you know, you have to take the bad with
1: the good. And uh there's a lot we're, of good here too, you know. So, well, our household, we're on our, we'll, we'll be, we're, we've basically been boosted. So, yeah. we, I've been we've boosted had, too. Yeah. We've had three jabs. So, yeah. I mean, we're doing what we can do. Yeah. So, I want to, I, so what's this? Uh,
0: so, you like traveling, huh? Because I'm, I like oh, traveling too.
1: I, yeah. I think, um, well, actually, ever since I was, uh, not even 20. I like, I've, I've loved traveling. i my, the, the, my, family is in media. Um, mm-hmm. so when I was a teenager, I'd work for the Philippine star and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd take the travel assignments, I'd go on the junkets. And then of course, as I, I got older, I just would prefer to do my own travel. So I don't have to write glowing things about, uh, travel itineraries that aren't so interesting. Right. Um, and yeah, I think it is, I think it's the, 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 the greatest splurge or spoil or what uh, that you could do for your loved ones. Like, you know, when I see, you know, my son, I mean, I tell him he's so lucky because he's been able to go on a cruise to Alaska at five years old. Wow! He, he, he's done a, uh, a month long Mediterranean cruise with me and my wife. You know, wow! I've I, never, I say, I've
0: you, never done those things, bro. <laughs> I told him, I told
1: him, I told him. You know, you, ha- you you should try to remember these moments because people go through their entire lives and they don't even experience this. And yeah. you've already experienced it. And I have a little girl, and she just turned. You know, she's four now, and I told, I, I tell my son Winter. You know, London hasn't even gone on a big ship, and you know. Um, that that that's my goal, Osana, to like um, spend my fiftieth birthday on a cruise,
0: you know. Oh shit, man! I mean, the cruise ships; those are the number one no no's, you know, in the pandemic. That's how the pandemic started here in the states, man. It was on a cruise ship. They uh, had to. I don't know if that news reached you guys, but the first, the first inkling of this of this virus when it first started here in America, because everyone knew it was in China already, you know, yeah, in Wuhan. And then there was this cruise ship that that docked in. Uh, it was it in Florida. I think it was in Florida. Okay. And everyone started getting COVID on the ship. Wow. And, and they had to quarantine the ship. They weren't allowed to leave the ship. The ship. The the, the passengers. Yeah. So this was the first time everyone heard the term quarantine coronavirus in the in america this was this, this was it this well i wonder true, this i wonder if this, is,
1: if this is a different ship that you're talking about to the one there was one that they 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 made a movie they cut a movie out of real footage mm. and um this ship i mean it was full of americans um but this ship was quarantined in japan and oh. up, and they 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 apparently got it when they they did a dock in hong kong right but it was quarantined in Japan.
0: Yeah, I think that's a different uh, different ship because different. the one the one that we the the first one that we experienced was here in the states. Oh that's wow! Why the, the tourists were like freaking out because they were right; they were already in the states, so they couldn't leave the ship because, you know. And then and then everything just blew up from there. So, yeah, I wouldn't go on a cruise ship just yet, man.
1: Well, but but of course, the, the, the way know, the, the way we do things is pretty isolated like like when we when when i i took we we did two trips to boracay and Mm. where we stay is quite isolated like we don't like we don't pass people basically right we hardly pass people Mm -hmm. so like even in the ship like on my first experience i i i never thought i'd like going on a cruise but um In 2016, I went on my first one. Well, not well. My first real, what I call my. Although I've done it before as a media person for the Star, this is Mm -hmm. the first one where I got to really spoil myself and like we had like the the suite like in front of the ship. Like you felt like the captain. Wow! And And it was huge. Like you know, I mean, literally this this suite was probably. 250 square meter holy shit (laughs) yeah so like we're not with people
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh where was the cruise what was the route
1: oh my god this one started in uh dubai and it went all the way to singapore i was on this ship for like almost a month
0: oh my god
1: and like the one that i did with my my son and my wife and my mom was the alaskan one and Dude, our room was two floors and it was like a 1,000, I don't know, 1,500 square meters. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, that's like 15,000 square feet. You know, it's yeah. like massive. It's massive. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like a suite like, in
0: Vegas or something.
1: <laughs> and like you don't, you don't need to mingle. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of people that go on cruises, they like to mingle.
0: Yeah, they like to mingle. Yeah.
1: We don't mingle. Right. <laughs> Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's how that's how it spread in the strip because everyone was mingling, you know.
1: Yeah, because that that's the a, a lot of cruisers like that because you know they, they, they get to meet new people, hang out, have conversations. But I I, I just like I like it for the privacy. I, I I like it just to spend time with the family and sh- show them different parts of the world. And right, right. That's what we do. So, um, al- al- although yeah we 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 know the concerns we we believe that the greatest risk in travel is the airplane,
0: of course, of course, yes Be, yeah. because even
1: even if you're gonna spend on like like business class, you know everything is contained in that you know plane yeah <laughs> you'
0: yeah, you' you're, you're you're you are in the uh, you're at the mercy of the plane uh, yeah the, the plane's condition, whatever it is. if it's in perfect condition or not, you know you're at the mercy. Of that, yep. yeah. All right, man. So, um, so I, I, I wanna, I wanna, because I just like on this podcast. The reason the people that I interview on in these podcasts, on this podcast, are people that I actually like to talk to or have interest in. It, it's not just okay. I'm gonna get some someone famous just because they're famous. So these, these, these uh, the people that I interview have. I have a meaningful experience with them, even if they didn't know it. So that's why I wanted to talk to you because uh, you have you have pretty much put the the fucking Philippines on the rock and roll world map, which is such a an amazing feat that didn't come overnight. You know, it didn't it did not come overnight because I was there in the first yeah the first I mean, slam, dude. I yeah. was there, man, and yeah. Uh, that was- uh, yeah. Awesome. Do you remember what year was that? 1980, uh, 1990. That, that was 2000. Oh, 2000. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I started the, I started Pulp Magazine December 1999. That's right. When we first put out the first issue in, in that month, 1999. And, um, yeah. And our first summer SummerSlam was a few months after that, which was, uh, in April of 2000. And, wow. So yep. so,
0: let me let me ask you how you got. in. Are you a
1: journalist? Well, like I said, I mean, we, my family, since my grandfather has been in the media, mm-hmm. and, but I grew up. I grew up. My teenage years and and most of my younger years were in Canada, and I grew up loving music. Like All I, right. I, uh, I remember one of my first cassettes was Machine Head, Deep Purple, of course, oh, wow. right? Nice. Um. And, and I just rolled on from there. I remember two of my first vinyl records was like Iron Maiden's "Peace of Mind" uh, and a live double album, Black Sabbath's um, uh, with Ronnie James Dio. Oh, live evil! Live evil! Yeah! Wow, man! So, and, who, who who
0: got you yeah. into who got you into rock and roll?
1: Um, the Machine Head was actually a classmate here in the Philippines when I was here briefly for I think it was grade five or six or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he had introduced me to deep purple and, um, but when I went back to Canada, I I lived in Toronto and, um, I, I was just, I guess just the crowd of kids or I was hanging around. Everybody, you know, everybody who's cool is like listening to rock and roll. Yeah. Especially,
0: uh, especially those times when we were in fifth grade. Yeah. It was all rock and roll.
1: Yeah, it's like you just, you know, you just ha- be focused on putting on that 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 record and dropping the needle and listening to the music come out. There was no, there wasn't all this cell phone and social media distraction. I'm right. so glad looking back that I got to grow up without all this this social media bullshit.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I, yeah, because I remember just, I remember the times when I would, I was just starting to get into to rock, you know, before, before forming Wolfgang and all of that. I, I yeah. my, my friends were, you know, giving me, uh, you know, Miguel Ortigas was giving me all these, he had tons of records. You know, his sister lived here in Hollywood and she yeah. would send him all the Iron Maiden records, all the Metallica records, all the Dio records, all the Sabbath Aussie. Yeah. And he had so many records. He was like, listen to this and listen to that. And I'm like, Fuck! I was freaking out with all this music. Yeah. And, and, there was no distraction of social media whatsoever, so it was just you yep. and the music, you know.
1: Yeah, and it was so meaningful. Like we, you, you'd memorize the lyrics. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's yeah. It it was it, it was amazing growing experience. Um, yeah. And 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 uh, you
0: also play guitar. When did that start?
1: Oh, that started about the same time. Like when I was hearing all this stuff. I mean, after a while, you know, you're playing air guitar and you say, That man, I wish I had a real guitar. A real guitar, yeah. And uh yeah, I remember my mom got me a, a at that time it would it, it it was a, a fortune. It was like three hundred dollars for this electric Takamini. It it was in the shape of kind of like a Gibson Explorer, but it was all black. And um, Wow. I remember, yeah, I'd practice for most of my teenage years i was playing guitar for at least six hours a day oh wow man yeah
0: man Yeah, <laughs> six hours a day man well yeah i, I mean
1: if now no media, i'm playing you guitar again <laughs> because i'm just at home you know mm-hmm. and i was talking to joey diesel and i said wow if i had these things that i have here now like i've got like this uh digital amp that you know has all these presets so right. you, you, if you want like a sabbath tone or a metallica tone or a Megadeth tone it's all there yeah and, and then i didn't realize like like you know i could just play along with the song in these amps you know before if you wanted to play along with a song it was hard to like get your ghetto blaster to you know because it's cassette tape you got to back it up and you know oh it's such a hassle but but with this machine it's like i want to play this song i just press play and i play right along with it you know right it's, yeah it's if i if i want to start again it's so easy just like that i was like man i can i i i play so many songs now along with the the the, the tune you know like i divide my days like one day it's a metallica day one another day slayer day another day's megadeth day nice. and That that's what i do now to, to kill time and I, it's so much fun
0: oh right on man and of course, the people who invented that stuff were probably our age, who experienced all of that before. It's like ah, we don't have anything here now. It's like so, yeah. You know, they probably that's why
1: that's why the the learning curve of young musicians now is so much faster than in our day.
0: It is unbelievable, man. I don't know if you're on Instagram, but my gosh, the musicians on there, these young these young kids. Yep. Shred- and and women, dude, these young women shredding yep. the fucking guitar to pieces, man. I'm like, holy
1: shit. Because I re- I realize now for at least for guitar, I don't of course it's a different thing for for drums, mm-hmm. but if you're able to play whether it's rhythm or lead, um without like using so much uh how do you call it muscle strain,
0: mm-hmm. the
1: best players are when you're relaxed, you know. Like right. i i w- when I was relearning creeping death I was like sweating and oh I was getting cramps
0: <laughs> with but, the rhythm with the rhythm guitar,
1: yeah, but now like i it doesn't I don't even sweat and I play right along with the record uh-huh with the recording because you, you, that's why i I believe that you know before you think you hardly saw a, like a female shredder because yeah. you know you you'd see all these guys like playing super fast but the guy the 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 guys who really play super fast and they they are not really exerting that much effort sometimes right you know right. they're, you know, they're, they're right. just yeah they yeah. they they're, they're, they're like in a zone you mm-hmm. know yeah so so there it, it, it's not a muscle game you know it's a yeah anyway
0: what is so, what's your guitar now
1: what oh i got so many guitars
0: yeah yeah what's your favorite what's your favorite three guitars
1: well i use just I, I actually just use three guitars now. Mm-hmm. Uh See what, what one of the things you do as a promoter is, since like 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 with Slayer, like I and you know, I when I book them, I start to buy up their signature guitars, and when they're here, I, I ask them nicely if they could sign them for me. Uh-huh. So what the guitars I use now are actually like a Jim Root signature and a Mick Thompson signature mm-hmm. because we had Slipknot booked for like the third or third time. And obviously I don't know if and when it will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are the guitars I use. I love the, I, I use this Jackson, Mick Thompson. I use this Fender Telecaster, Jim Root signature. And there, and I use this other, um, Ibanez prestige for, for the, the E flat songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so that's what I use.
0: Nice. Well, what, what, uh, so your first guitar was
1: that, uh, Attack Takamini, a ta- right? Attack Takamini, yeah. Right. The, these guitars are, of course, a little more pricey. With well, the inflation. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: for sure, yeah, for sure. So, so when you were um, because so my experience with with hearing with like first hearing Vernon Goss' name, because I've never heard you before in the scene.
1: Uh, oh, I never. I, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just a fan. Like you know. No right, I, right, I, right. I, I love music and like I I started writing for the newspaper. I wrote a music column. Mm, And I, I still work on uh, one of our family publications, the Philippines yearbook. And we continue to put that out, which my grandfather started in 1936. And we continue to publish that. Wow. It was, it was that little branch of the company where I built pulp out of. Yeah. And um, pulp was just really just a, an accident. Like, I was having lunch with somebody who at that time opened tower records and he had asked me, Hey Vernon, do you want to do a music magazine? And I was like, yeah, okay.
0: Okay. So that's how it started. Oh yeah. That's That's how it started. Tower records. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And and I, I, I just said, well, you know, I started to do shows to promote pulp magazine and like um, pulp summertime was also kind of an accident because there was a guy who just, he, he did this, show he didn't i don't know what is he didn't even have a name for his show he just started to book all these bands uh-huh. and then and then he realized it was hard to promote a show so well, he said
0: right yeah
1: so he, he he said a meeting with me and he said you know i've got all these bands and i like have paid them but i don't know how to get people to go uh-huh. and i was like so what do you want me to do and he says well can you help me i said <laughs> i said okay and he says what do you want i said well listen it's your business, but what I want is I, uh, I'll name the show. So that's mm-hmm. how I named it, Pulp SummerSlam. I mean, I, right. I grew up in Canada, so you know the the redneck res- wrestling culture. So I said, let's call it Pulp SummerSlam.
0: That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, it, yeah, uh, yeah.
0: It had that. It, yeah, I remember since, like, when when it first came out, SummerSlam. I immediately right away it was pro wrestling in my head. Yeah. It's so fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, the walkout songs, all, 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 all the silliness and, you know, aggression. Uh-huh. Um, and, and yeah, that that's, those are some of the things that, of course, I mean, music is a release, you know? Man, I, mean, I, I uh, that was
0: a big thing because everyone, well, when we got there, I remember that first one, Michael Turner, even, yeah. Uh he played the national anthem on his on his uh, flying V. I remember that. That was a great start. That was the first yeah. one, right? When when Michael Turner Yeah, I, I, I'm not played even sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, at that time I was like so I was still so young and crazy. Man, I mean, we we're drinking red horse like water. <laughs> right, yeah. I don't yeah, drink I could... beer anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. So so so, when you when you when you started pulp, what was your idea? What was your like like your vision for it?
1: Well, at that, at that time in the early years, I mean, if you look at especially the first two years of pulp magazine, do you um, remember
0: the first issue, the first cover?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, all of the covers are my concepts. Okay. So, so the that's what I wanted. I wanted the magazine to be very visual. I Mm -hmm. wanted the images to be like, just gonzo, crazy images as much as possible. So that's why I spent a lot of time talking to musicians, local musicians and saying, you know, you know, can we do this? Can we do that? Can we show you in this other light? Because you know, all these, one of of my pet peeves with the local scene. And now that I look back, I'm so happy that I was able to um, promote and, and and publish stories about bands during that time, because I think the music was so well. I, I sound like an old guy, and I am. But <laughs> I thought the I think the music was so much more vibrant and alive and free. You know, I'm not. I, I, I I'm not. I haven't seen stuff now that I think are is is awesome. No. Um, but but like you know, Wolfgang, the Razorheads, yeah, Razorback, um. Battery, I, that's just that was just my style. I liked yeah. it, and, and I remember working with Michael with his cover. You know, like he carried the statue, oh, yeah,
0: the the, the, the Mary statue, yeah, yeah.
1: Because I was saying one of my pet peeves, I just felt people didn't, bands usually didn't want to dress up, mm-hmm. they, they were all into like, I'm just myself, I'm just myself, yeah. But you yeah, forget, yeah. you have to forget, you're forgetting that hey, you remember the music that we grew up to, you know, Judas Priest, Kiss, mm-hmm. Iron Maiden um you know black sabbath these guys they looked the part of the music that they played
0: yeah you know yeah yeah so
1: i i thought a lot of local bands should should have tapped into that and and felt like look we are we are we are doing our music but music is entertainment music is a, a release sometimes mm-hmm. it is an emotional re- release a spiritual release but mm-hmm. but there is that It isn't just about an audio experience. It is a visual experience, which is what I wanted to do with Pulp Magazine, which is why if you look back at the first covers, they're very visual. So that's why the first cover was like this girl and her chaps showing a little bit of her ass Mm -hmm. and she's being wound up by a midget, you know. That's right.
0: Oh, yeah. She's wearing a a leather. leather. Yeah. Yeah. She's being wound
1: up by a midget. And of course, that's an ode to the song. Start me up by the Rolling Stones.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah I remember. Now I, I can picture that cover. Yeah, she had She had really thick hair, I remember. And oh, uh, we teased Yeah, we had it. Yeah, teased yeah. Up yeah like she had that. teased hair. Yeah. 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 yeah she, was was a, a, uh,
1: she was a princess of Brunei. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> She's a very nice lady. Yeah. Her name's Shauna.
0: Oh, and did she, was she living in the Philippines or what? at
1: that time yeah she had already finished her her uh whatever her time in Brunei.
0: Oh, okay, okay, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the yeah, that that's that's another thing that's very um noteworthy is that you, the, the, the 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 covers, the magazine covers of pop you would always
1: Dude, it took a good. lot, of, a lot of effort. Like the the one we did with Carl Roy, and um, we we Ricky Reyes, who's the famous hairdresser guy. He had uh-huh. we, we knew that he had this swank house, so I asked if we could use his house, and we uh, we of course got a bevy of ladies, yeah. to, like drape themselves uh, over this over Carl Roy. Yeah, I remember I mean, that. I, now. I, I I love stuff like that. I mean, imagine these days, if I, if we did that, we would get all kinds of these like. Uh, Kids saying, "Oh, it's sexual." Oh yeah, you'd get you'd get canceled and all of that stuff, man. Like like (laughs) putting women down? Absolutely not! It's a celebration.
0: It's a celebration Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing nowadays. The the I don't know. I mean, the younger generation nowadays they're very sheltered. So any little thing they're very or whatever. I don't
1: know. Yeah,
0: but you know, I mean, I I the the being woke is fine, but going overboard with it is kind of annoying. You know, when, yeah. you're, when you're too much woke, it's like, it's just like calm down, man, calm down. We're not degrading women here. They no, they, they, they were. They're not slaves. They weren't forced to do that. You know, they're, no. they're getting paid. You know, everyone's everyone's getting paid here, so no one's getting uh, no one's getting exploited. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it it's. I remember my younger staff did this recently, like a couple of years ago, maybe in the year before the pandemic. They did this cover with this band. I can't remember who, but they put a, gr- a one or two girls showing their legs, and it got so much hate. Like I, oh I, I looked gosh. at the picture, and I was like, "Man, I mean, I couldn't even, I couldn't even fantasize to that that picture. It's too, it's too tame."
0: Yeah, or it's it just it's normal. It's like it's legs. Yeah, yeah you know, it's legs.
1: It, the-
0: it's legs. We. <laughs> I mean, women have been flaunting their legs since the beginning of time, since the, like the fucking Garden of Eden, man. You
1: know. <laughs> well, if you, you see this stuff on Instagram, it's like that's like porn. That's oh porn. my
0: yeah yeah dude. I mean, if you go go on Twitter, there's actual porn on Twitter. They, there's no holds barred on Twitter, man. Yeah, you know, so, so,
1: so I they're talking about.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing that I think because social media is just coming at these young people from everywhere just everywhere just being bombarded by everything they don't know they don't know how to react to it yeah you know what i mean they don't know how to oh she's showing cle- too much cleavage oh i'm getting offended it's like dude relax it's cleavage. they they they, they use this word object- the woman <laughs> you know what i mean they use means? this
1: word objectified we objectified i mean
0: yeah, but the th- yeah, but the thing that they don't understand is that when you see a woman on a, in a magazine cover, she got her business done. She was paid, you know, she was paid, she got, you know, it was a business transaction. That's the, yeah. that's what they don't understand, that that whole other side of it. It's like she wasn't being held at gunpoint to be in a bikini. You know what I mean? So just calm down. That's her choice.
1: Yeah. And you know, I remember, you know. uh, of course, a lot of the, the I'm sure like all the models we worked with were happy with the photographs. I mean, they were there. We we, we reviewed the image together mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure like people would look back at that. Like, let's say the, the, the girls who participated in the Carl Roy photo. And that's a part of history. That is a part of music of, of, of you know, Philippine music history. You know, it, it'll never yeah. repeat.
0: Yeah, and you know, and then and then and then let's say let's say during the production of it, I mean no one was no one was uh you know, no one was uh treating these women badly. You know, they were, you know, I'm it's you know, they're treated with respect because it's a business, you know, it's not, so there's that side of 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 it that they don't that younger generations don't understand and they're quick to judge. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you see a swimsuit model on Sports Illustrated. Yeah. She got paid, man. She got paid big to be sexy on that cover. So don't don't worry about her. She's good, you know.
1: I and I think that the other important thing besides being paid is I mean, they want she wanted like like she the our our imaginary, she probably wanted to do that. I mean yes, it wasn't yes. just about the money. And right, she was right, probably right. proud of that. So right. why why take that away? Exactly. I mean,
0: th- those covers are probably framed on their walls, you know, because yep. you know. Uh, but anyway, um, so and and and, the, and and another thing with the with the, the covers of pop, I think, it uh, it broke barriers with regards to, the conservative side of Filipinos. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, we were coming up around the same time. Um... FHM started to publish, the local FHM.
0: Uh-huh, so, Maxim.
1: Yeah, well, Maxim was after. So mm-hmm. it was us first, and then FHM came out. And FHM would have a lot of, you know, th- there'd be people comparing us to FHM back back then. But, you know, we were still about music. I mean, we, yeah. you know, the, 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 the ladies part was almost just because, well, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I mean, it was part of the... The, the philosophical culture of music, at least to me.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it was all, it was all artistic, man. I mean, it's, 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 it's art. You're not creating, you know, you're not creating smut. You know, it's, well,
1: it's well, art. Like I said, I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't publish covers to be art, but I did publish covers to be evocative, to be mm. provocative, to mm. evoke some kind of emotion. Right. So, if somebody sees it as art, fine. If somebody sees it as smart, fine. But what it did succeed in was it evoked a response. Ev- right. it, you know that's that was almost our goal.
0: Well, yeah, man. I mean, that's how pop became so popular. It's like, oh, these guys are pushing it. You know, so you would wait. You would wait for the next. Uh, you would anticipate what the next cover would look like. You know, what would, what are they going to come up with now? Yeah. I mean, how wild is this going to get? You know. And then I remember one cover with uh, the doctor, Ramon Jalcita, and he was like a, he was like a, a doc, you know, he was dressed in a doctor's uniform, and but he had a cleaver, you know, he had a, a butcher's yep. knife and all that with blood on it and all that. So, yeah, man, I mean, it was great because that's what rock and roll is, man. And you push it, you push it until. Even if people and, complain about it it's like yeah, I'm not
1: hurting anybody so and that's, that' that's what P, that, that, that's why I was explaining to Ramon I don't know back back then when we did that he was like so we're doing a cover but I have to wear a mask I said, yeah because you're the doctor and yeah. you're the voice people don't see your face right so there there was almost ideas behind our images um back then
0: what is your what would be your favorite cover? Do you have do you have one in well mind? definitely the,
1: the the first one the, the one that we talked about and also the Carl Roy one which which uh we talked about.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Those those would those would stand as some of my favorites. Very cool. You know, I, I ended up uh I ended
0: up even writing for pulp. Um Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I was doing album reviews, yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, it was fun, you know, because Aside from that, the the scene which was so big and so popular, it had to have, it had to have, uh, it had to have um, what, what? i don't know what I'm trying to say here. It had to have a uh, uh, someone. Uh, there had to be a magazine to cover it. You know, just like here in the state, there, there's Circus Magazine, Hit Parader, Rolling Stone. There was nothing like that before pop. You know, I mean, you would see every now and then you'd see a, a, a an article in the newspaper, like in the Philippine Star, about a band or an album. But that's a, that's it. You know, there was no real publication aside yeah. from Jingle Magazine, which was not really a, a journalistic thing. It was more chords and all of that. You know, songs. Yes, that, but there that, was that, that... no.
1: Yeah. That was one of my goals because I obviously, <coughs> grow, you know, growing up at least part-time in the Philippines, I knew that all there really was was jingle, um, you know, and that, that's great. There was even a magazine that, that had music, but, you know, somebody who grew up with circus and um like a later on Metal Hammer, you know, you wanted something that was really, you know, music journalism, yes. a, 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 a periodical that would... You know, right for fans, and 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 not right for somebody who's like trying to learn chords. That's that's something else. Yeah, so, that's yeah. something else. Yeah. Um,
0: is, pop, is pop still going? Is still going?
1: We have our website, but we haven't published since really the we haven't published a print magazine since the onset of the pandemic. Oh, okay, right, right. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I just we just published something, uh, for Leanne of Slapshock with this new project, um, but yeah, we haven't published since the onset of the pandemic.
0: So let's let's go, let's uh, switch over to SummerSlam. And uh, <clears throat> when did you, see that's another thing, you know, there was pop that took care of the journalistic side, and then you had an annual festival That culminated the year or was in the middle of the year in in summer, you know, it actually actually gave people something to look forward to during summer because summer in the Philippines, pre-Summer Slam, is boring. You just, you go out of town, you go to the beach or you go to Baguio. If you're lucky enough, you go out of the country and that's about it. But there's nothing... In the country that people like, you know, the locals really looked forward to, and that's what SummerSlam was, and and it became an annual thing, annual thing, and then and how d- how did the from from the first one to the second one, how did you take over? Did you take over it? I mean, from that the guy who was the yeah, the one he didn't want to do it that? anymore. Oh, okay.
1: He was like, "This is too much headache." So I said, "Well, okay, well." I'll, I'll take it over then since it's my name anyway, now. All right. So, but, but there were a couple of, um, like rationales behind continuing it. And, and, um, one, one had to do with my, my belief that, you know, music is music. Is it is music? Music mm-hmm. isn't something that like we have, we have pulp magazine. We write about music, but I mean, that's only secondary music is an experience. It music is to be heard, to mm-hmm. be performed, to be, enjoyed live, you know, that is the ultimate experience of music to be in the room, in a a big room, a small room with a live band, you know, and, and and vibing and sharing that emotion. So that is the ultimate purpose, I believe of music, which is why Pulp SummerSlam and then doing headline shows was so important and fun because it was, you know, that's why we do this. You know, we want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: I mean you 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 you've you've touched already at least two generations of of Filipino rockers or maybe three by now of well, of having and, that that animal and, thing, you know.
1: I yeah, I would think so, no. It's probably be three generations because we didn't our last one was was with with 2019 with Slayer's final show in oh, Asia. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, I'm so glad we got to do that one because, you know, I'm still in touch with Kerry King. We just spoke a few days ago. Wow. How's,
0: how, how is Kerry King? Is, is he a cool dude? Super indeed? cool. A- yeah, in he's, fact, I mean, he, he looks intense, of course, but, you know.
1: Like one of the guys people think is, he has a bad reputation, but is really, really a nice guy is yeah. Dave Mustaine.
0: Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, he's super cool. Like uh-huh. it's super smart. I mean, he has. Oh yeah, that that every skin. yeah that that we know about Mustaine. He
1: He's a smart dude. Yeah, um, but but people don't see that he's really a nice guy. Like, you know, he's a family man. Um, you know, uh, what what was I saying? Uh, yeah, yeah Mustaine, I remember yeah. this one time. Uh-huh. I was At home, and it was already a week or so after a, sh- a show that I did. SummerSlam show where Megadeth headlined I was mm-hmm. sitting on the couch and I got a call from an unknown number I picked it up and it was Dave Mustaine Oh my god he called you? Yeah he had my number I guess from the contract sheets. Uh huh So
0: so what was that like what, what did he what did he want?
1: <laughs> I wanted to talk about like his beer you know Dave is a very astute businessman so he was like selling me his beer like you know you should do Megadeth beer you know, it, it's a it's called a two lemon, and uh, I said I looked I, I I sincerely looked into it, but it was just it was just too much for you know our business model to absorb. I mean, right, right. Become also, a major beer importer. No.
0: Oh, so he wanted you to open up a brewery in Manila and sell no
1: beer? It, it, oh. it, no to 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 import it because oh, to import that, it. It's a very specialized. You know, it's just like. If you drink Guinness in Ireland and you drink Guinness in the Philippines, it's a different Guinness.
0: Yeah. All right. Right. Yeah.
1: Even if you import the actual product, it's still different because of the freshness of the water. Uh Uh-huh. And that's, yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's the, that's why when you, (laughs) when you would, uh, I don't know when that this would happen. I I forgot where, we would find uh, early on in the states we would find San Miguel beer, pale pilsen, you know, and then we would look. It's like not; it wasn't made in the Philippines, and then yeah. you take a sip and you're like, "Whoa!" It doesn't take like, taste like the the beer. It, like it, 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 in the it's different.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because the, the the main ingredient, the water, is different.
0: It is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They may right. follow
1: the same formula, but the water, the, the the base material is water, and when that is different you know, there's a different taste. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, like, I don't drink beer at all anymore. <laughs> I, I think the only time I drink beer is that I found myself in Ireland and I could have a Guinness, a real Guinness uh-huh. or a Kilkenny, but I would never look for beer. I don't drink beer at all anymore. Yeah, even, yeah, if, yeah. even if it's free, like in, in when, when, when we stay in Borkai, the, 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 place we, we get, they, they give us free beer. I don't even drink one. Uh-huh. So so um
0: so uh from the sec so let's say okay, so second pop uh second summer slam, it's all yeah, it was our operation already, it's already all complete uh pulp. And uh how how long is the preparation of that? Let's say uh usually it happens in may right did it happen in april
1: may? oh april, april. right there. so yeah. so when do you start uh planning for it basically after the first after i finish one i already have an idea of what i want to do for the next one Oh, wow so for many years as you probably remember i mean it was a full local lineup like 30 bands 40 bands 50 bands right. Uh-huh. But there was a point when I realized, you know, I, I'm i getting tired of this <laughs> and yeah. the, the, the production isn't improving.
0: Yeah. It, you know? Yeah.
1: And, yeah. Yeah. And I, I felt like, you know, I was, I felt like we were just rushing all these sets. Like some bands are playing three songs, four songs, five right. songs. Right. It, 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 you don't really, I mean, as a fan, I didn't get the point anymore. Like before, when you're young and you're full of energy and you just want to fucking keep the band playing until everybody's completely passed out. And yeah. we did that for so many years now it, it got boring. So in the later years of SummerSlam, especially after the ninth and tenth, I started to book foreign l- lineups with with a minimal local support because I felt that was a better show.
0: Yeah. who was the who was the first foreign act that you got
1: in? I think it was um, it wasn't even a name band. It was a silly band called Jaggedy Ann. I mean, no, Jaggedy I shouldn't Ann. say they're silly, they were nice people. It was uh-huh. a, a, gr- a girl band. Uh-huh. Um, but I think the first band of repute that I brought in to, Wh- to be wait, part where
0: of was, where was Jaggedy Ann from Las Vegas. Oh wow. They're
1: a girl how how band. did
0: you how did you how did you connect with them?
1: Their their manager was you know, we ended up drinking with them, we're still friends. Uh-huh. And uh he said, I got this band and I wanna do this promotion called Battle of the Bands. I was like, Okay, let's do it. So we did his promotion and it was pretty successful. But uh and we and then we put his previous year's winner on on the bill and on Culp SummerSlam. And they were pretty girls, so they, they were a good <laughs> contribution to our poster.
0: Right, so, right.
1: So there and um after that the first band i would say that was of, of great repute that we booked on there was Death Angel.
0: Oh that's right. What year was that? Jeez, i you know i have to check but i they were and they were still all filipino at
1: that time, right? Yeah, i would yeah. they 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 re they rebuilt their original lineup because of this booking. Like,
0: oh wow. The okay. only
1: one that didn't participate was Gus Peppa.
0: Who is the
1: bassist? Right. No, the guitar player, the, Dennis, Dennis Peppa is the bass player. Oh, okay. 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 Right, right, right. But, but uh, I think that was 2007. Uh-huh. Yeah. 2006 was Jaggedy and 2007 was Death Angel. Um, we, we called that Seven Deadly Sins.
0: It's amazing that, uh, you know, let's say from, from that time, until maybe 2 years ago when death angel got nominated for a grammy. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Can you yeah. imagine that a fucking death angel got nominated for a grammy? I mean after all these years they finally yeah, got, you know, got what they're due. I mean that's a big thing even if you don't win, you that's a grammy, you know, you're you're mentioned in in they have to mention your name on uh on uh CBS, <laughs> you know, in front of the whole the whole country, yeah, yeah you know?
1: that is that, that is good, yeah. I, I, and of course, I, as a, a lover of heavy metal, I wish they would give them more respect, uh-huh. but you know, it's the world anyway. Um, yeah, it was Death Angel, and the, the, the whole story of that is actually another story because I mean, I, one of our one of I'm sure you went to Big Sky before many times, right? Yeah, 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 and um, that's where I met. Oh, that's where I would ha- have a few beers with Gus Peppa, although I met him uh in in uh Morato, uh no Adratico.
0: In Morato. Yeah.
1: We we had we had got together again at in Big Sky and and I would continuously nag him about you know, you know, you have to get the band back here. They've never pl- at that time they had never played the Philippines where they're from. Yeah. So I was really happy we got to do that and I mean to this day I remain good friends with Gus and, and Rob Cavastani Rob yeah uh, I think um,
0: I met I think I actually met Rob in Big Sky or maybe that was Gus I, rem- probably, I remember probably Gus Yeah I remember meeting someone from Death Angel in in Big Sky I remember that yeah
1: Yeah but Gus left the band and he never came back
0: Oh wow Oh you know, it's you it's that Yeah Yeah but I mean now Death Angel is like I mean I think Rob is is Rob the only Filipino left or
1: no um there there's Rob there's Ted Aguilar.
0: Oh Ted, um, right
1: there's there's Mark uh the singer, he's actually oh yeah Mark, oh shit, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, the singers, yeah, yeah. yeah. But the drummer, yeah, he's he, he, he's white and the bass player is white. Yeah, da- Damien and uh
0: yeah. I remember when uh, when Death Angel came back to slam and it was already the, the interracial band. And I see these two white dudes and they're like from the, they look like they're from the seventies, man. Like who the fuck are these motherfuckers, man? Yeah. These yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damien has yeah. that old school vibe. Cause I think yeah. he also wears, he, uh, he wears the bell bottoms sometimes. Yeah. The bell
0: bottoms and like, wow. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. I mean, we need more Cliff Burton out there, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so when did, so when you first got Death Angel, did it did it open your did it uh did it like uh, open your mind more? It's like, you know what, I wanna make I wanna make this fucking like Lollapalooza or 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 like Coachella or something. Was there Coachella already at the time? I don't know. But um but No But Lollapalooza just, at the very least, you know.
1: No, I just wanted to bring in bands that I like. <laughs> And, and and thankfully, I, I mean, you know, I got to do that. Like, I, I, you know, I grew up listening to Death Angel. I grew up listening to Testament, Anthrax, mm-hmm. Megadeth, Slayer, and you know, they they've all played the SummerSlam.
0: Wow, it's so cool, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the same concept I have with this podcast. It's like I'm, my guests are the people that I dig. You know, they're not just whoever is popular. You know, so. And that's another thing that I always thought about you. It's like how lucky, how fortunate the Philippines is—is is that someone with your um, background with with the resources that you have, with you know, with your with your uh, media, with your media company.
1: Um, well, the, the media com- just, the, the the Philippine Star, is not mine. I mean, it, it the, like, now it's basically, it's owned by Manny Pangalingan.
0: Uh-huh. No, but I mean, I mean, but but you had, you had a lot of resources to to pull this thing off, you know, to pull Pulp off, to pull SummerSlam off. And uh, I feel, I always think that how lucky the Philippines is that you actually liked this kind of music and that you were passionate. So uh, you were, you're so passionate about it that you're like, you know what? We're gonna do this. I'm gonna bring these bands in and play with the local dudes, and it's gonna be a really good time every summer. You well, I, I, it,
1: I'm, I'm equally, or perhaps even more so, lucky that I'm not alone here. That, that, the, uh, in, as a person that loves heavy music, right? Um, I, I think one of the things that I, uh, um, as SummerSlam progressed, that I espoused was to continue to try to elevate the production of the show Uh so that, you know, the ticket prices did go up, but I mean,
0: Oh, come on. I mean, that's nothing, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I, honestly, like it really is like people don't understand, like people got to see Slayer for like, I think a thousand pesos. Yeah. And that, and that's what there there were higher prices. I think the highest price was 5,000, but I mean, a a thousand pesos is what? $20, right? That's 20 bucks. Like you can't see Slayer as a headline of a festival for twenty dollars.
0: No, you cannot. You cannot watch Slayer in, in in a in a headline tour for twenty bucks. You
1: know, yeah,
0: no way. At least seventy five dollars. You know, at the very least.
1: Like our our front section was, you know, under a hundred dollars. Ah, that's unheard of, man. You know. Yeah, and the production and, was the same show you got in Japan.
0: Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, why would they... I mean, why would they? Why would they perform less, right? I mean, they're on a they, roll. They, they, they,
1: they were fans that came from like other parts of the world, like Asia, to watch Slayer at yes.
0: Right, right, yeah, that was yeah,
1: yeah. And um, so,
0: let me ask you: from 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 Death Angel, how did you already say, "Oh, this this I can do this. I can get more bands that I like or foreign bands and and put them in a festival." Uh, setting instead of instead of one just bringing one band and, and booking the fucking Araneta Coliseum and big production and all of that, you know, it's like I guess it would be you you'd hit more birds with one stone because then you could afford. I guess if it was a festival setting, their their prices are are their, I mean their talent fee is is uh, more affordable than you if you got them for just a solo show, right am I, am I not necessarily okay. no uh-huh. okay not at all so it's still the same rate basically is it, uh, the, is the rate the, the amount of time their set is or is it just no no that's just
1: that, that that would just be their rate it's just that wow I I just SummerSlam was it wasn't it wasn't like oh I thought oh if I put this there this there this there this is gonna mean this this that I uh-huh. I just looked at it from con content I just wanted to build a show that was a great show to promote. I mean, it's, I wanted the story to be a great story. And this uh-huh. story is something you listen to and you bang your head to. So that was just it. It wasn't like, Oh, I can do this and I'll do that next time. No, it was, uh-huh. this is the story that needs to be told. Right. That's Man. why, that's why one year it was Megadeth, you know, they were the headliners. and then the next year it just turned out it was Slayer's farewell world tour. So I, yeah. I, I had to have that. I was oh, lucky to that. Okay, 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 I get how it. How could I, get... I make the story even better? Fuck right. Iron Maiden.
0: Fucking Iron Maiden, man.
1: Fucking this, then... pa- this fucking pandemic,
0: motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, if Iron Maiden, if that show pushed, pushed through, man, I cannot imagine. I cannot, I, I just can't imagine the Filipinos watching Iron Maiden, man. It's, you know, I mean... Oh, what's what's the, what's up with that? Are are they are they still like okay, dude? We're, we're we're there. We're we're once this pandemic is done and we can do it. Are are, are they coming? Are they coming back? I don't know. Oh, I mean, they I, never went. I mean, are they coming? Um,
1: or was I, I, it was I, I, it just the was it just
0: to, a straight cancel? It's like, like canceled and then no, it, 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 it,
1: it, it wasn't. But after a while. I decided to go for a, have it, have it completely canceled because I don't know what the situation is going to be this year, next uh-huh. year. Right. As we step back into live entertainment here, I think I would not want to go super huge. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Man, when you, when you, when you guys first posted that, that Iron Maiden SummerSlam, I was like, get the fuck out of here, man. I mean, Vernon Go is just fucking, on. it's running on all cylinders like down the fucking, you know, the straight, and it's just amazing. It's amazing what you beco- what what Slam has become. And uh, who was the who was after Death Angel? Who did you get? I don't remember.
1: After Death Angel, yeah, it was a, it was a metalcore band called Darkest Hour. Uh huh. So it, and there were some other bands from Korea that, that joined. Oh, so was, that's
0: right. Yeah.
1: And then the the ninth one was uh Shadows Fall. Oh
0: Shadows Fall,
1: right, yeah. And then the tenth one was Lamb of God and Testament.
0: Oh my god.
1: And that was when Lamb of God was still like at their peak. Yeah, they were at the them. peak.
0: Yeah, they were at the peak.
1: That's yeah. when Randy was still a, an alcoholic.
0: Man that guy Randy Blythe man he's my god that guy I mean I, I'm not I'm not really into the growling that much but
1: oh he was the best at it Yeah
0: he was he was really I mean yeah he was badass man And then Shadow's Fall the singer of Shadow's Fall with those dread with those locks man it's like hell? Yeah I remember I remember that yeah those those those, those were the 2000s because Shadow's Fall Shadows Fall, uh, Lamb of God—they were all big here, man. They were big here. They were doing um, Ozfest. They were headlining headlining Ozfest here. Yeah, and and that's another thing. It's like when I would think about it, because I would I would go to Ozfest. You know, I I saw I saw Black Sabbath twice in Ozfest. I saw Black Sabbath and Iron Maiden and Judas Priest in Ozfest. And I'm like, and I would think about it. It's like you know what. We're doing it. We're, Vernon's doing the same thing in in Manila. You know, it's a smaller scale, yes, but it's the same concept. It's the same passion for for that kind of music. And I was I was really really proud that. And of course, now Summer Slam is is regarded as one of the one of the best festivals of the world. I mean, music festivals, you know. Up yeah, we, with,
1: we we actually ranked in Festival Two Hundred. <laughs> yes, which is an international ranking of festivals. We're the only. Philippine music festival that has ever ranked in that in that list.
0: Yeah, and you deserve it, man. Because you were br- you're were you bringing these bands to Southeast Asia where I don't think any other country would have had the... I, mean, uh, I, would, I don't want to say balls, but yeah, they wouldn't have the balls to even think that... Slayer? Yeah, why not, man? Fucking Megadeth? I mean... Megadeth, I mean, can you, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't imagine the Filipinos who grew up on Megadeth and they finally see Dave Mustaine there in all his glory and singing, you know, hello me, right in front of their eyes. I mean, it just, it's just amazing to think that the, the Filipinos could experience it, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, what, uh, What's next? What, 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 what are you what's in your mind now? I mean what are you what are you waiting for? what are you waiting to do once this pandemic is finally we're, we're finally free to be to do what we we want, you know what's what's in your
1: mind? What do you want to do? Well, we actually ha- have some show bookings for um, toward the end of this year and in, in January at least for, for metal and for rock. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, also, also are, you know, my wife is very, um, how shall I say? She's, she's basically the, the, the K-pop queen. So,
0: oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. You, and, and you also had, uh, you also had a run of bands who were not metal, you know, for like a, the
1: younger generation. Right. Well, you know, we 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 brought in Kelly Clarkson, we brought in Cyndi Lauper, uh huh, um, we brought in Metric, right? Uh, we we did a bunch of bands that are not metal or even rock. What, um, what for rock? Was that, I mean, we, was we brought your... in a- Aerosmith. I mean, that was one of my. Oh, favorite. you brought in Aerosmith. Oh, okay.
0: Wow. Yeah. So what was that? I mean, the, the the other side was that your idea or was that your wife's idea? What other side? The other bands, the, the non-metal bands that you well, started to bring in.
1: Well, um, Kelly Clarkson was because at that time I was courting Happy, who became my wife, uh-huh. and Kelly was her all-time favorite artist. So oh. when some, somebody was, you know, offering it to me, I said, "Okay." And ah, I
0: poggy points.
1: Yeah, I just had two months to promote it, but I didn't care because I went and I I negotiated with Kelly. In person, to help me propose to my wife. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So, how did that go? Can you tell us? Yeah, of course. I mean, basically, we just made it part of the show. So, I, I, uh, I, I said, well, you know, we we did a video presentation, and it became part of the show on the on the the, the left and right IMags, and it was basically, you know, um. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Where
0: was this? Was it in the Ar- the- Ar- Aaron at the F- Coliseum.
1: Okay. So basically, I, I, I had my team put together a short video that, that would play during the bridge of the song My Life Would Suck Without You, which was her encore. Uh-huh. And uh, it was basically, you know, uh, Dears Happy, you know, My Life Would Suck Without You, Will You Marry Me?
0: <laughs> Where were you? Where was this happening?
1: We're, we're there in in the front of the stage. And um Kelly was, like, directing everybody to look up at the screens during the bridge. And then she she came down and said, so what do you say? And she gives her the mic. Oh, my
0: God, dude. So you proposed in a fucking packed Araneta Coliseum? Yeah. <laughs> the pressure for her, man.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, oh man, that was a really... That's... I mean... But that's her favorite artist, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah she, yeah. she she got to have dinner with her. Um, she took her to the back to the air airport, that kind of stuff.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Oh man, that was exciting, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> so like, you have uh, all
0: these it's 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 I mean Cindy Lauper is- too.
1: Cindy Lopper is one of um Happy's favorite artists, and you know, I I mean you and I, I mean, growing up at, at, at the age we are, Icon man, yeah, like so. I was like, okay, let's book her too. I mean, we 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 book people that artists that we like, so it's it,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great because it's not, it's I mean, Cindy Lauper, it's like, huh, Cindy Lauper, you know, I mean, why, but but I mean, the simple reason is that because you're you like you like her, you want you want you know you want to promote your favorite, favorite artist. You want to put the content for them. And, you
1: know? and seriously, like, you know, the hard thing about this business is sometimes you have friends asking for free tickets and <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm like, well, you know, the show is for sale. I mean, it's one thing to like commit to an artist to pay an artist fee. And then you just kind of have to hope that, you know, it works out financially. I mean, right. So yeah, I've, I've I've lost some friends who were who just weren't happy anymore that I didn't give them free tickets. <laughs> but you know they, they don't understand like your your few thousand pesos um, is 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 just it may be a lot of money for you, but it's I mean this is show business we're talking you know many zeros. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and you're, and you're these are not slouches. This is Cindy Lauper you're watching. Yeah, and this is not. It's not the the neighborhood, you know, singer. You know, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: no. So yeah.
0: I mean, and a thousand pesos. Come on, that's twenty dollars, dude. I no, mean, oh,
1: no, no. Cindy Lauper tickets were not a thousand pesos. Maybe oh. maybe the the general admission. But I mean, this person was asking for you know VIP tickets. Oh yeah, well
0: you know I mean, you you realize that. If they, if you're, if their friendship to you is based on free tickets, then, then you don't have a friendship, <laughs> you know? It's, yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, so how about, how about on the, how about on the, so do you, uh, can you divulge names for
1: concerts coming up in the, uh, in the end of the year? Well, towards the fourth quarter of 2022, I mean, this was a, a show that we've already promoted and actually it's technically sold out. It's a it's a it's a young rock band though called Boys Like Girls. I mean they're not they're not new anymore but mm-hmm. uh, that one it should still go through. Um the one in January I can't divulge because they are still deciding on the date. Is but it it's a, a, it's a metal band?
0: It's a metal band. Is it Okay, just give me some clues. Is it an old school or a new school? I'm not going to guess. I'm just I'm just
1: wondering. Uh I wouldn't say it's 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 definitely not old school like like um like Judas Priest. Right. It's not new school either. I would say that they were fame really famous nineties in the nineties. Oh okay. And, <laughs> and, and 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 their fame continues today, although I would say their peak was nineties, uh first decade two thousand. So they're they I, I wouldn't call that new. Right, not, not old. And you're a fan. You're a fan of it, this band. No.
0: No. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, it's not my style, but I like them. Uh-huh. Um, it's not. It's not something I grew up. It was past my time, you know. Right, right, right. Like, uh, to be honest, like I was very, very disappointed in the Metallica's Black album. Like, so after that time, I really and I started to work more after that in in you know trying to make money. In the '90s, so oh. I, I, I uh, and I didn't start Pulp Magazine. So that I, I kind of left music for almost a decade, you know. Yeah, right. right. I, I was just working. Um, is, but is Metallica in your sights,
0: man? They
1: They, can, no. they gotta come back to the Philippines, man. It, no, they're not. No. but I would say I wouldn't say no. Like if if it came across the table, I uh-huh. would look. And because I mean, if I did do Metallica, then I would have brought in all, all of the big guys,
0: the Big Four, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I saw that show, man. The Big Four here in uh, it was it was where they, where Coachella is, you know, in in uh, in India. Yeah. And my gosh, I was I during Megadeth, because Megadeth was second. It was Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, in Metallica, and uh my brother-in-law, we decided to go in inside the crowd, you know, not just on, not just wow. the, not, like, okay, whatever. Let's try it. Let's try. It. And then God damn, when they started, oh my God, the just, the pit just, just squeezed everything. And then I wasn't used to being inside the pit. Yeah. So, I, so my hands, my arms were up raised. So when the, when everyone started squeezing, I could feel my ribs like squeezing in and I, I couldn't breathe. I, and then oh I started, gosh. yeah, because you know, you're in, you're in a crowd. So, yeah. you know, everyone's pushing and I go, I started to, I started to panic because I couldn't breathe my, you know, they were squeezing my, my body. Yeah. And then I go, wait, I got to put my arms down and put it by my side. And that's, and that's the trick. You know, I felt fine after that, you know, you just guard your ribs with your arms, yeah. you know? And, uh, but man, it was intense. Mega death was so good. I mean and then when Slayer came on and and uh and uh, uh their lead guitarist was still was still there but he we was already sick. Jeff Hanneman. uh Gary Holt was played the most of the set and then uh what's his name again the, the guitarist Jeff Jeff, Hanneman. No, Jeff Yeah, Jeff Hanneman. He came out for a couple of songs. But he oh. couldn't. He yeah, he couldn't play more than three songs, or maybe just two, actually. Fuck. Yeah. So Gary Holt played the whole set. Aside, yeah, and then I think I maybe within that year, Hanneman was gone already. You know.
1: Oh, that's sad. Yeah,
0: it was sad. You know. Yeah, because everyone knew about his condition at the show by that time. Everyone knew, so everyone was like, "Okay, uh, Gary Holt's playing fine." and then when he came out everyone just freaked out it's like everyone just freaked man yeah. and then that was the first time i ever saw slayer and it was like god damn these guys man these guys are so fucking intense and uh it was amazing and 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 that was when uh, and uh dave lombardo that was when uh, dave lombardo came back to the band for a while oh wow so, yeah so i actually got to see dave lombardo with slayer wow yeah it was it was amazing and then and then they, after Metallica set, they had that jam session in the end when all of them were there. Oh my God, it was metal
1: heaven! It was just wow. amazing, man. That's really brave of you to, to go to the pit. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't do that. Dude, I mean, I mean,
0: because before Meg- Megadeth, because when Anthrax played, the, the, there was a big um, size, big size amount of people, but not everyone was there yet. Everyone was still drinking in the parking lot. Yeah. And then when Megadeth came on, a chunk of the crowd just came in. And, and you know, we were already inside. So when this big chunk of crowd came in for Megadeth, we were like, holy shit, where did all these people come from, man? And then, uh, and then, of course, after that, Slayer and then Metallica. And it was funny because when Metallica came on, you could just stand. You could not take a step backward, forward to the side. It was so full of people. And uh, we were just standing there waiting for the waiting for the band to come on. And then I had a couple of joints in my pocket, but I didn't have a lighter, so <laughs> it was funny. And then uh, some guy, maybe you know, in the in the vicinity, said, "Anybody have any joints, man?" And I go, "I got a joint, but I don't got a lighter." And then when when they said I don't have a lighter, like five lighters came up with you know with the flame on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's was like oh shit okay okay so i had i think i had two or three joints i kept one for myself but the two other lit it up and it's like everyone just spread this shit around man just spread it you know and then we'll all get high before metallica starts and it was great man it was just fucking great and then when they do creeping death and then they do the die chant oh man yeah just that's awesome
1: amazing i love that song
0: yeah. Yeah, Creeping Death. Yeah, that's my I think that would be my favorite Metallica song. Just for everything, the music, the lyrics, especially the lyrics, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so before we end, I just wanted to ask you like uh what are you listening to right now aside from those the usual suspects? What are your what are, what's your what's your thing nowadays music-wise?
1: Um Hmm. I listen to Kenny Rogers. Really? The Gambler? I, yeah, I love that song. I I listen to <laughs> Schubert, Mozart, Beethoven, Bach. Nice, nice. I, yeah, I, I, look, look, I like
0: uh, classical music too, man. Billy
1: Holiday. Um mm. Duke, uh, I listen to shit. I listen to Southern Rock. I don't know. I get this weird kind of hillbilly vibe. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like like what's
0: Leonard Skinner and it's yeah. the Hallman Brothers like Re- that.
1: Recently I, I went back and started to search for you know, just just during this pandemic I, I discovered Spotify. I didn't realize it was so easy. And so I you know, look for the old songs that I like, like Lick It Up. Right. It, uh Looks That Kill by Motley Crue. huh. Um Yeah, it's weird. I I I love I, I found all these like you know, m- metal love song lists. I like oh, all that cheesy yeah. shit. Um, yeah, that's what I. That, that's what I listen to. That's cool, man. You know
0: that that would be another cool idea if you got like eighties metal bands. You know, like uh, like how uh, uh, would they say? Oh, well, you are, know, you, the, are you are you into cool. Def Leppard? Did you ever get into Def Leopard?
1: Oh, yeah, I love Def Leopard.
0: Yeah, cool, man. I love Def Leopard too. Yeah. They were
1: offered to me, but they wanted to do the show on All Saints Day here, and I was like, no, I can't do that. Yeah. No one's gonna go. <laughs> and Whitesnake was offered to me, but I, I didn't want to do that, even though I love Whitesnake, as I just feel I don't think David Coverdale is David Coverdale anymore. Well,
0: I would I would uh I wouldn't underestimate him because I actually I, I, I saw White Snake, but it's been a while. Yeah. I saw White Snake. Uh, White Snake open for Priest, and um, who was his guitarist? Red Beach was his guitarist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he could he can still hit those notes, man.
1: I, I would but the, think. But, but, but the thing is, like, they still believe that they could do an arena everywhere, and they cannot do an arena oh, here. Uh huh. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, and, you, and you can't do anything smaller than the Coliseum.
1: No, and it would be, it would be sad, you know, <laughs> it would be sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not only financially, but it'll just be sad to even put white snake out in that kind of situation. Right. You know? Right. Um, I actually, I think, I think it was, um, Sebastian Bach's management that reached out to me. I do oh, that show. Dude. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Sebastian Bach. Fuck. Yeah, man. Because he he wants to do a show that's just his just that that hit album, eighteen and live.
0: Yeah, just the the first Skid Row album, or maybe the the sec the two the the first two ones Enslaved to the Grind, man.
1: Well, it's just yeah, it, it's I think it's it's uh the first album, the whole album, and then a couple of other songs from yeah, and a couple of new ones. That's his whole set. I oh, said, that, okay. I think that sounds good. That would be yeah. a good throwback show if it happens. Man,
0: it's exciting. I mean, with some someone in your position, you have these. Uh, oh man, if I was in your position, I'd be like, like a kid in a candy store. It's like, hmm, let's get maybe let's do Tesla and Skid Row and Def Leppard in one show. Hmm, I think I can. You know, it's like it's so much fun, dude. <laughs> Are you? You're having fun. I'm. I'm assuming you're having fun, right? Well, I mean. I mean of course there's a there's the hard there's limits the hard to what work. I would do like, I, the like, work, like there was a course. time when
1: like uh, we were just discussing Bon Jovi but I just feel I don't think the market here would pay for Bon Jovi in, the, in at this you know in this in this generation this generation right right well they did they did already come here
0: uh, back in the day Uh, Razorback open for them It was funny But but, but back in that day
1: They they, they were not asking for millions of dollars
0: Oh, right That's right (laughs) You're right No, you're right Yeah, because they're already They're already Bruce Springsteen status, you know
1: (laughs) It's not like the States, you know Filipinos are very trendy uh-huh. They don't they don't respect history. <laughs> right. They'll just say ah, Bon Jovi, but do you know. The only ones who want to see it are all the Jeepney driver. Nako, they, they have no money. They
0: have no money. That's right. No, you're right, man. <laughs> you're right. I have I have this before we before we go, I have this uh, this funny story about Bon Jovi when they played in Manila. Okay. Because uh, Razorback back open. And uh so uh, the backstage area. They had. Um, it was in Rizal Coliseum, yes. Rizal, Rizal, Rizal Memorial, and uh, so their dressing room was the was the um, the where, you know where the teams you know hang out uh, yeah. backstage, uh, sports teams, whatever the the locker rooms, and uh, so we were outside where the catering was. You know, we we and we didn't have access to that, but the whole time one of our roadies, one of Razorback's roadies, I was I was still, uh, I I think Wolfgang was there already, but I was hanging out, I was roadieing for Razorback for that gig, and uh, one of the road, one of the other roadies, he would climb up on this on this ledge, and be the window to their to the locker room of Bon Jovi, and he would do this thing, you know, you know this thing that. <laughs> That kids do. We used to do you look, you put your mouth on the glass and then you blow. Oh, so it's shit. Like, Yeah. You know, you know. so your mouth is like huge in the glass. Yeah. So we would do that. And then the band would like, get him. That fucker, get him. You know, he's bothering us. Get him. So he would do that. And then he would run. So the security, the private security of Bon Jovi would come out and say, where's that guy? And then we would shrug our shoulders like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and then That's we would. Hilarious. Come back. He would come back and do it again, and the band would be like get that fucker. Are you fucking <laughs> serious? I'm serious. It's so funny, dude. <laughs> dude, it was so funny. He would, and they would, and then, and then the thing is, uh, they they played two nights. Wait, the, the band was actually that, pissed off. They were pissed off. I think you know. I guess <laughs> they, I guess they were having you know. I guess they had jet lag. You know, they were, you know, they're not. And then you know they see this guy's mouth on the, on the window like. <laughs>
1: Get that guy out of there! <laughs> so why didn't they just cover the windows with something?
0: Oh well, I mean, it was it was like you know, it was just um, it wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't they didn't. Kumbaga, they didn't transform the locker room into a living room. They just left it there with a couple of chairs. You See, know, it's just, I tell so you, they were probably in a bad in mood. Days. You know,
1: back in those days, dude, they did not. Like Ovation was lucky because they did not have the sophistication that is done today, right? Like, like the locker room, like the the dressing rooms for Tom Mariah and Carrie and and Gary and Paul. Like they're made into like you know they're draped. There, there's yeah. candles. There's, there's couches. couches. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: No, they didn't have that. I guess that's why they were in a bad mood.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably... That's, that's probably why they said. Hey, let's make a note on this place: the Philippines. Fuck their dressing room yeah. Is stock. Yeah, we're never coming
0: back here. They, <laughs> <Yeah>. prob-
1: <laughs> they probably oh, yeah, came. this is the, this is the place that, that gave the Beatles all that shit. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, man. Yeah, and they probably came from Japan, you know, or or Singapore or Hong Kong, and oh, well, everybody's were- so
1: respectful. Like-
0: yeah, and they had, you know, they were given everything, and then they come to the Philippines and they get a locker room, you know, in Rizal, Rizal Memorial, you know, Coliseum. Yeah. It's funny. So anyway, so they played two nights, and that first night I was there. The second night, they got another roadie, another crew, a <laughs> uh, Razorback yeah. did. So, but the first night got rained out. So after about five songs, the rain was just too much that they had to stop the show. Wow. Yeah. So the band goes back to the that that locker room area. And they they run because it's a downpour. You know, it's a it's a it's a you know, Manila downpour, <laughs> like thirty yeah. minutes worth of downpour. So they run, and then we run because we're watching them from the side of the stage. So we go back backstage too because we have all the passes.
1: Yeah, and we
0: run, and then we're running through the rain. And then when I get when I stop running, right in front of me is John Bon Jovi. Right in That's front awesome. of me, man. <laughs> It's like it's like and I'm like I look up, it's like holy shit, that's John Bon Jovi, that's Richie Sambora, that's Ag John Sash, that's Tico Torres, and then and then uh the and the the, the keyboard I forget his name right now. And they were all there. They were like, holy shit, and they were like, holy shit, have you ever seen rain like this, man? <laughs> and then uh and then the funniest thing, this is this is the funniest thing. So Louis Talan of Razorback, the bassist of Razorback, he was there, and so every both bands were, we were just milling about, Bon Jovi and Razorback. We we're, were just milling about in the backstage area, you know, just like bewildered. It's like, what are we gonna do? When is this rain gonna stop? It's like, is yeah. this a is this a fucking typhoon that we're stuck in or something? And <laughs> then and then and then Louis starts talking to Tico Torres, the drummer. Yeah, and he goes. <laughs> And he was he was so mean. It's like, hey, Tico, man, you're so badui, man. And then Tico Torres, is like, yeah, of course, he doesn't know what badui means. He goes, oh, thanks, man. That, that's really nice of you. And you were like, Luis, amamo, man. <laughs> but you know, we we got a good laugh about it. But but yeah, that was that was a, mem- that was a very memorable experience with with Bon Jovi, and uh, yeah,
1: that's awesome that you got to see them. They were at their their peak. They were still so young.
0: That was that was really their peak, peak. and 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 the, the whole band was still together, you know. Yeah. Alec John Such, the, the bassist was still there. Oh, and another thing about that guy, dude, that guy would not play. He would just he would not play. He would just like let's say it's a it's an it's an E, right? Yeah. He would just hit the E one time, boom. And then he would just pose and wave to the crowd. And then hit, an, hit yeah, and then hit the word note again. Boom! Instead of having like like a rhythm like you know, he just like hit the the E the E note as as long as it could sustain and just pose. I'm like, and we were like looking at him like this guy's not fucking playing, man. And That's no hilarious. wonder. I mean, he. I don't know if you know this, but Alec John Such never played on the Bon Jovi albums. Their bass player now is the one who. Who always played bass on Bon Jovi albums? So, so we were like really unimpressed by Alec John Such. We're like, ah, this guy's a fucker, man. He's not playing, dude. He's just posing up there.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, man. So, so yeah, that's that's my John, that my Bon Jovi experience. Awesome. So, what? Let's. Oh, before we end, let's last one. What would be your memorable? experience with with these with these bands
1: if there's any one that sticks oh there's there's really so many up. yeah there's so many i think um i think one would be meeting steven tyler and the um the manager of uh, aerosmith at, at that time was a, a lady named trudy trudy green and she, she was also the manager i mean she managed michael jackson she managed rolling stones mm-hmm. and uh she says to me, "Oh, Oh, Verdon, have you have you have you met Stephen?" And I said, oh, "Not yet, actually." And she goes, "You know, Oh, Stephen, come here. This is our promoter," and um, and he goes to me, "Hey, what's up, man?" <laughs> and he's like, you know, you know, he's very he's very aware of like sales, and you know, he that that's why we almost give ticket sale counts, and and mm. at, at, at at that point, I mean, sales were. I mean, it hadn't reached a point where the show was really financially doing well. Right. I, it was it was okay, but it wasn't like you know. I mean, it wasn't. He knows that he, it wasn't making me a lot of money, uh-huh. or he he probably realized that the, it wasn't at the break even point yet. And he goes, "Vernon, blah 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 blah." I mean, he he basically said the amount on the contract oh, it was a lot of money. Hey man, I said, "Yeah, yeah." Yes, yes, sir. It is, and he and he goes. Well, you know what it's all about. And I said, uh, "No, sir. What's it about?" He said, "It's about the pussy." <laughs> 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 that, <yeah. laughs>
0: is that that's the way he said it. Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious, dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, okay." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my God it's about the pussy yeah <laughs> yeah
1: and well, you he had a very attractive uh female trainer that traveled oh, come here. on I, I can I can just imagine you know yeah. and
0: he's not he's not lying you know
1: <laughs> he's not lying
0: yeah he's not lying man so anyway Vernon Vernon go thanks very much man thanks for your time dude and I really yeah. appreciate it man.
1: It's nice to see you and talk to you.
0: Yeah, you too, man. And and good luck with everything and and bring Iron Maiden back. I mean, bring <laughs> Iron Maiden and bring Metallica back and shit, bring all these cool bands because man, you are the you the you the man. You the man. You're putting the Philippines has nothing else going for it except what you're doing for it, man. So, continue what you do and uh we are very grateful for what you've done over the years since SummerSlam one until now. So thank you, man.
1: All right. Well, hey, thanks Wolf. And uh, you stay safe out there.
0: All right. I'll see you soon, bro.
1: All right. Take care.
0: All right. Thanks.
1: Bye. Bye. Bye.